0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Over It and On With It. And well, every episode is special, but this one is extra special, and here is why. I shared with you a few episodes ago that we were going to start taking the Over It and On With It podcast to video as well. That doesn't mean you're not going to be able to listen to it on iTunes. Every episode's also going to be in iTunes or whatever audio player you use. But we also are going to have certain episodes available up on YouTube and this happens to be one of those episodes. I love doing episodes on audio and doing them on video. You get to see a whole different dynamic to actually see someone's face, to see their emotions, to see the aha moments. So if you want to actually watch this episode, the link for YouTube is in the show notes and you can watch it there or you can listen as usual. Also, I want to remind you that enrollment for my spring retreat is open. This is my signature retreat. This one's for women only. It always fills up. We're taking it even bigger in March. So you're going to want to register soon. The link for that is christinehasler.com slash spring dash retreat. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. Also, as you know, I'm coming to Europe. My workshop that's open to men and women is July 21st in London. ChristineHassler.com slash London is where you can find out about that. And before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode. Wander Beauty is a new line of easy to use multitasking beauty products that help you make the most out of your beauty routine, no matter how little time you have. So if you're busy, like most of us are, You know the first step in any beauty routine is just finding the time for it. For most of us, a 20-step full face of makeup, especially for the guys, every day is just not going to happen. Makeup should give you maximum impact with minimum effort, and I just love that a beauty brand finally gets it, which is Wander Beauty. So Wander Beauty is a line of multitasking beauty essentials that are easy to use and travel friendly, so you can get ready in five minutes and stay gorgeous on the go. It was founded by a working mom of two and a supermodel, two women who are always on the move and know how to make the most of their precious time. They completely streamline your beauty routine with fewer products that work better. That means being more thoughtful about the stuff you do use. Wander Beauty is clean, cruelty-free and made with ingredients your skin will love. They've already won a ton of awards, including Lure's best of beauty award and has fans everywhere. You've probably seen Heidi Klum using their baggage claim gold eye masks on Instagram. Anyone can benefit from these multitaskers, not just beauty junkies. Wander Beauty is foolproof wherever, whenever. So here's your call to action. It's time to make over your morning with Wander Beauty or your evening. I personally sometimes don't put on makeup till much later in the day. Get 20% off your purchase at wanderbeauty.com over it. That's wanderbeauty.com over it for 20% off. Today I coach Sam. I love this episode so much because it's a beautiful demonstration of a miracle. And the spiritual definition of a miracle, this is from the text, of course, a miracle, is a change in perception. And often it's a change in perception from fear to love. And you'll see in this episode where I coach Sam that her perception of a past event was really clouding the way she was seeing herself and her life. And she experiences a tremendous amount of freedom when she's able to see something that happened in her past, more through the eyes of love and truth and less through the eyes of fear, shame, and judgment. And this change in perception, this miraculous shift, creates a big shift in her experience and I have no doubt will create shifts in her life. As you're watching or listening to this episode, consider... Is there a significant life event that you know has impacted you and you've processed it, you've been to therapy about it, you've talked about it, but you just can't seem to shift it. It just still feels a little heavy inside. Next, do you feel comfortable in your own skin or do you feel like you hold yourself back? Do you feel a little suppressed, which often leads to some depression? Next, are you overly concerned about what people are thinking of you? Are you more comfortable being a caretaker or providing for others than having the attention on you because you're too concerned with being judged? And finally, how connected to your own sexuality are you, your sexual expression, your desires? Any shame around that? Feel a little inhibited or held back in some way. So keep these questions in mind as you take in my coaching episode with Sam.
1: Sam, welcome to the show. What's your question? So, my question is How do I feel free in my own skin mm-hmm. and allow myself to really step into my light and allow myself to be seen?
0: Well, how do you know you're not doing that?
1: Because I feel very disconnected mm-hmm. at times, and I just feel like there's so much more to express that just doesn't come through.
0: And how do you know you're blocking it? Like, what's your feedback?
1: Depression. Mm-hmm sadness, Mm -hmm. like a drive to do that, those things and to show up, but just feeling that block. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So can you give me an example of how this shows up? Like something specific?
1: Yeah. Um, like in all areas of my life, um, I would say, so for my health, I am very inconsistent and I know that if I'm living fully into myself, like I am energized and I'm like mm-hmm. vibrant and I'm inspired mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm consistent with meditation practices and my spiritual practices and my eating habits and all that. And then when I, when this comes over me, I really just fall off. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to maintain that, but like, I know that's who I really am.
0: Okay. So I'm sure you've thought about this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've given it a lot of reflection. What do you think set the root of this?
1: A f- fear of being seen.
0: Okay. What scares you about being seen, though?
1: Shame. Like, feelings of shame come up. What are you shame um, of? I think that's the hard part is, like, identifying that. Right. So but, it
0: seems like there's a self-consciousness yeah. that's happening. Yeah. So you weren't born self-conscious. hmm Something shifted, and usually self-consciousness comes from... Um, And I may be saying a lot of stuff, you know, but sometimes it's good to just hear it in -hmm. a different way. So sometimes self-consciousness comes from like, when we're kids, we're not really watching ourselves. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay. We're just like in our experience, we're in the present moment. And that's how you're describing to me. You want to feel, you want to feel like in the present moment, Mm -hmm. alive, expressed Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that stops the minute we disconnect from ourselves and notice that there's another part of ourself, the witness, Mm -hmm. the judger, the observer. Mm -hmm. That's where self-consciousness begins, is we're aware of ourselves and there's a part of us having the experience and then there's a part of ourselves witnessing ourselves and judging ourselves. So are you aware of when and how you stop being in your body and in your aliveness and in your expression and in yourself and shift it out into self-consciousness?
1: Like in that moment? Well, usually there's a significant event that... Occurs. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a significant event. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I've acknowledged it. I've talked about it.
0: Well, maybe this is the <laughs> last time, so...
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, when I was 14, I was publicly shamed. Mm-hmm. I was caught doing things that young girls do. I was playing, like, truth or dare. Yeah. Like, at school okay. with friends. And I got caught. Rumors were spread... I was on the news, I was suspended from school, and that followed me all throughout my high school life. Mm. And I lived in a small town, and that was my reputation and my label.
0: Okay. And what was your reputation and your label?
1: I guess a slut. Okay. (laughs) And that's so not me. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: So before that significant event, Mm -hmm. do you remember feeling suppressed and depressed and like you couldn't be yourself?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes. But that's like when it was really, really changed.
0: When it really changed. Mm-hmm. So it was there before that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: just a kind of like a normal natural level of self-consciousness that people feel, and then it really got exacerbated after that?
1: I would say so. Okay. Because what I'm
0: trying to discern
1: mm-hmm. is
0: if that event at 14
1: mm-hmm. triggered this mm-hmm. or if
0: the self-consciousness was already there and you manifested that.
1: Yeah. I've tried to think about this. I don't know of any other significant events. I came from like a really critical household, mm-hmm. not very expressed household. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I think I like voiced I wanted to do things, I wasn't really able to. Okay. Just parents. Okay. So that could be it.
0: So that's why you created this whole public display thing.
1: Maybe, but it's so, pretty bad. <laughs>
0: I, well, well, I know, but like, you know, oftentimes how our soul is trying to get our attention and how we try to learn lessons from from the outside perspective or from the logical point of view, we're like, that would not be the way that I would have set that up. But on a, on a learning level, it makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. So if you – it sounds like you grew up in a very repressed household. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what it also sounds like to me what I'm sensing from you and why you're coming to me with this question is your core mm-hmm. is very much a free spirit. Yeah. Very much a free spirit, very much like running naked with the wolves free spirit kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's your essence. But yet it was so you were kind of like the black sheep in a family. You were born into a family where that was not encouraged. Mm-hmm. So instead of your natural sense of self being nurtured and made to feel okay, it was repressed, mm-hmm. criticized, mm-hmm. maybe even shame. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have this wild animal inside of you. <laughs> that wanted to come out. And I think in that truth or dare moment, the animal came out a little bit. The wild side came out a little bit. Can you see that a little bit? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, And in that moment, in that truth or dare moment, before you got caught, before any of that, I don't know what you did, but can you go back to that moment and can you remember feeling free? Again, before you got caught, before you got shamed, just in the moment.
1: Kind of. But the situation in itself, I feel like, was really, like, I showed up self-conscious. That's why I was, like, peer pressured into doing things I didn't want to do. Right. Right. But in the moment Mm -hmm.
0: where you did whatever you did, was there any feeling of, screw it all, I feel free?
1: Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know.
0: Well, I don't want you to feel a certain way that you didn't, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm going at this from different angles because you're saying that you've like looked at this in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. right? So there was like the, the peer pressure part of it, mm-hmm. right? But something inside of you felt said yes.
1: Yeah, because I wanted this individual individual to like like me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to like prove myself, prove like get them, get the validation. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's like this the saddest part. Mm. Sad in what way? It's like, why, like, looking back on, like, the me, like, so young, like, I didn't need to do that. Yeah. You know, like, why was I so um, unsure of myself Mm. to enter into a situation that didn't feel comfortable to me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting, throwing away all of my own, like, values and morals because of a boy. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: I could probably name 20 girls I know and millions of people watching Mm -hmm. and listening that have done something similar. Mm
1: -hmm. We all
0: do things that go against our own intuition, our own inner knowing, if we want the approval or acceptance of someone so badly.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. That's true. So it sounds like you haven't really forgiven yourself for this. So it sounds like there's two things going on. There's this kind of wild part of you Mm -hmm. that wants to be free. And then there's this other part of you that has a tremendous amount of shame that you're carrying around Mm -hmm. and has the one moment that you were kind of breaking the rules and breaking the norm tied to being shamed and doing it to get approval from somebody else.
1: Absolutely. And then, what do I do about it?
0: (laughs) Well, the biggest thing mm-hmm. is you've gotta forgive yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: And you've gotta stop making other people's perception of you more true than your own self-perception. Why, tell me about what you do for a living.
1: I am a therapist. Why'd you choose that? To heal all my problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm I really I feel like I've been through so much. And I've overcome so much and I've become so resilient. And I want to be able to, you know, help other people through that. What does resilient and mean? Come out of the other end of really tough things. Um, strong and empowered and 100% yourself. Have you done that? At times I felt it. There are times where I really felt it. And like I said, that I like go back and forth in, in that that piece of me and then that other part of me that just like is completely unexpressed and suppressed Mm -hmm. yeah and I really feel that that I'm here to help people because of the path that I chose as a child like I'm meant to help people what do you think is your purpose even above that my purpose above that I would say is to show up 100% expressed
0: well, it sounds like a big part of your purpose is to free this mm-hmm. spirit you have inside. Absolutely. Of you. Absolutely, because that's going to inspire and help people more than being resilient will.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've always said that I'm always like, there's these two parts of me. Mm-hmm. There's that part of me that's, you know, very organized and very driven and very focused, and there's that other side of me that just wants to like, like you said, like one run, run through the field mm-hmm. and just be free and. I think I've let, like, absolutely my family and everyone else, like, their judgments just keep me, like, on that sideline. Well, yeah,
0: and the fear that it'll be misinterpreted. Yeah. See, I still think back to that event at 14. I don't know what the dare was. I still think there was a part of you that felt a little wild and felt a little free and felt a little rebellious in that, and even though whatever you did was for a boy and whatever, there still was a moment where you felt yourself going against everything. And it felt like a bit of a release, even if it was just like Mm -hmm. a blip, but because that's tied Mm -hmm. to being shamed Mm -hmm. and being judged. I think that you further have made that part of you wrong. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So this is really about, It seems to me what keeps you from really fully expressing yourself and letting yourself run wild in the field is what other people may think Mm -hmm. and the judgments from others. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What's your worst fear in terms of how you're perceived?
1: Hmm, My worst fear? I really don't know. I, like... What's the worst thing someone could say about you? That's... Like that's not you.
0: What if it is? Yeah. Could it be okay with you if you started to be someone different than people expect you to be?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I just don't know why it's so hard to like do it. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. I love you were on the news. <laughs> publicly shamed.
0: Yeah. Of course you're afraid to be seen. Yeah. Of course you're afraid to put yourself out there.
1: I just feel like I'm I'm ready. Like my head's ready. Right. But the 14-year-old who was traumatized by the event Mm -hmm.
0: is like, no thanks. Yeah. We'll play it safe. Way better to play it safe (laughs) Mm -hmm. than it is to take any risk at all. Because again, like even though the dare wasn't something you want to do, it was for the boy or whatever you took a big risk that you thought was going to get you what you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And so (laughs) anytime you're faced with, wow, I'm going to take this risk and I think it's going to get me what I want, all the unconscious material about, no, 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 you're going to be shamed, you're going to be this, you're going to be judged, you're going to be publicly humiliated. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you see that's why you stop yourself? Yes, absolutely. There's just this fear of, it's almost like a, Like a, a karmic, almost like a karmic fear of like being burned to the stake or something. Like just like Mm -hmm. this fear of like, I might die if I really let myself be
1: seen. Cause I think in a lot of ways you almost died of embarrassment at 14. I almost, I was in a really dark place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, like almost want to take your own life dark, dark place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to that 14 year old now? So many things. It's so not your fault. Um, you're not alone, and I love you. And I I see you. That's all I wanted anyone ever to tell me, and that I see the real you. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, because I definitely internalized it. Well, I see you. And you didn't do
0: anything wrong. you really didn't do anything wrong. Thank you. You did something that you thought would get you what you wanted
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you took a risk. So I think you've had you have it held inside as I went against my own values, and why did I do that, and why did I let some crush get me to do something? <laughs> but let's look at it from a different perspective because a miracle's a change in perception mm-hmm. at fourteen years old, you wanted something really badly. And you took a risk that you thought would lead to getting it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But now what you can do is you can work with that 14-year-old and be like, listen, the good news is I'm a little more grown up now. Mm -hmm. And I love this 14-year-old, this younger part that wants to take risks. Mm -hmm. And I love this inner part of me that wants to be wild and free. And I also love the adult me Mm -hmm. who knows what risks are really authentically in alignment with where I want to go Mm -hmm. and which aren't. And so rather than shaming that teenager or judging her Mm -hmm. for making a decision because she liked a boy, making a stupid decision (laughs) because she liked a boy, can you work with her? Mm Because can you see how the shame you've had toward her has kind of like kept her in a corner Mm -hmm. and kept you from taking risks?
1: I definitely see that. And I, I want to work with her.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you mm-hmm. want to take more risks. hmm So can you forgive yourself for buying into the misunderstanding that taking risks leads to humiliation?
1: Yeah. Can you say that out loud? I forgive myself for buying into the misunderstanding that taking risks means humiliation.
0: Or judgment, or being ostracized, or whatever it may be, because mm-hmm. from my point of view, that's at the core of what's keeping you suppressed.
1: I can see that.
0: Yeah, it just feels too risky.
1: Hmm.
0: It just feels a little too scary. And again, because you've had such big judgment on this fourteen-year-old, you made that decision. Hmm. You don't trust your impulses.
1: Mm. I've never thought about that, but I could see that. Like, it prevents me from doing things that I want to do. That's actually true. As simple as going out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have a feeling, you have a spontaneous mm-hmm. thought, you have an impulse of something, and Absolutely. you're like, nope, I'm not going to do that.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Stay safe.
0: Yeah, because you made a very impulsive decision back then, so incredibly mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's see if we can kind of reframe how you hold that memory inside of you. Okay. Because right now it seems like you hold it with a lot of shame and a lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. And um, how can you hold it differently? I don't know. I don't know. So I can try to help you reframe it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would you be willing to share specifically what happened?
1: Yeah, I can try. <laughs> well I so we were on a school trip and me and friends and just in our class we were playing truth or dare and there was this boy I really liked and everyone knew it everyone knew so we were truth or dare to just kiss mm-hmm. which we did no big deal it was like the best day of my life <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's was my first kiss by the way mm. And then on the way home from this trip, I felt peer pressured by him to do things that I didn't want to do. But because of wanting him to like me and wanting the validation and all of that, I, I like, allowed him to touch me mm-hmm. and touch him. And this was all secret in the back of a bus. Mm-hmm. And that became my identity. You know, people turned around and they saw it and the, things that didn't even really happen, like having sex in the back of the bus. That didn't even happen. I mean, that was my first kiss. Mm-hmm. like So that spread around. And so mm-hmm. that's specifically what happened.
0: Okay. So, specifically, what happened is you guys kissed and it sounded like there was some like heavy petting
1: going
0: along. <laughs> yeah. Would that be accurate? Yes. At 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which at 14 is pretty natural.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Because that's where hormones are going. Now. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yeah. And this is just, again, trusting your intuition, taking your head out of it. Were you attracted to the boy? Yes. Okay. Did you have, like, physical feelings for him? Yes. Could it be true that your head was saying, no, this is wrong, but maybe your body was like, I might kind of like this a little bit? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, can we make that okay in this moment? Mm-hmm. Okay, that you were fourteen year old mm-hmm. and you were doing a little sexual exploration, <laughs> hormones were racing, yeah. your head was like no, no, no because of conditioning and na 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 na, but like your body was like, hmm, this kind of is nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Just stay with me on this because mm-hmm. we're we're gonna hold let the, you hold this differently inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you mentioned that you feel disconnected with your body and with your health and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So a big f- part of feeling connected to our body mm-hmm. is feeling connected to our sexuality.
1: Yeah. I don't.
0: Right. Because at
1: 14, you shamed mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Exactly. I no like I see that connection. Right. So
0: could we reframe this experience mm-hmm. as, as a 14-year-old girl, I had it going on. <laughs> I like that. I had it going on. Too bad everybody else was so sexually depre- repressed and they shamed me for it. <laughs> but I was listening to my impulses. Yeah. And like what if you started listening to your body again mm-hmm. and instead of focusing on how it looks or slogging it to the gym or this diet, whatever, or like however, like actually listen mm-hmm. to what it was craving Yeah. and paid more attention to pleasure. Mm-hmm. And being attuned to that. Mm -hmm. So how does it feel to look back on that memory and go, wow,
1: (laughs) I kind of had it going on? It's funny. It's definitely a lighter type of feeling. And yeah, it feels better. And that's the wild and free part of you I'm talking about. Mm -hmm.
0: If there was no conditioning, if it hadn't been a dare, if other kids who were repressed and shamed for their own sexuality weren't watching
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that had just been an exchange between you and this boy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it would have just felt good. Mm-hmm. So if we took all the conditioning and all the eyes on you and all the name calling and mm-hmm. all the shaming off mm-hmm. and just looked at it for what it was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: could it have just have been a pleasurable experience?
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: <laughs> So mm-hmm. can you rehold it as, well? even as a young girl? I was so connected to my sexuality
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I was willing to take a big risk.
1: That's bold.
0: Well, do you want to look at it like bold or
1: pathetic? <laughs>
0: Definitely <laughs> bold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to look at yourself as this girl that was peer pressured, now she's a slut. Or at 14, you were already like feeling that wild and free part of you that didn't give an F what other people thought.
1: I like that way better. Mm -hmm. If we could unleash her, that's a game changer for you. Totally. Little tidbits of her. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've been trying to console her more like, oh honey, you didn't do
0: anything wrong. Yeah, It's
1: okay. And I love you versus... Yeah, like, you were wild and
0: free, and I love you for that. And, like, you knew what you wanted, and you were listening to your body, and you were Mm. willing to risk it. Like, you're awesome.
1: You sound like my sister. (laughs) That's
0: what she would say. Yeah. And is she someone that lives a little more free? Totally.
1: We're opposites in that way. Or maybe you're not. Okay. Yeah. Maybe she
0: allows herself and Mm -hmm. gives herself permission, but you don't. Mm Mm-hmm. So the mind doesn't know the difference between Mm -hmm. a very well-imagined thought and actual reality. It's true. So you can hold this whole experience Mm
1: -hmm. in your
0: mind as this awful, I did wrong, pure pressure, I'm so weak, I'm a pathetic teenage girl. (laughs) You can hold it like that and try to just console your pathetic teenage Mm -hmm. girl. Or you can be like, whoa. Not the best reaction from the, that was hard, like, mm-hmm. but you know what? You took a risk, you followed your impulses, you were connected to your desires. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing about this 14-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. She was connected to her desire. Yeah. And you've given up on your desire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've been playing it safe. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and the truth is. Even with that situation, so what if you were in the news? And that's just—that is just a reflection of everyone else's issues around sex and sexuality. That's true. That's all that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not a slut.
1: You I didn't know. do anything
0: wrong. Yeah, you're a woman who, at a very young age, was in touch with her wild animal, her <laughs> desires, her sexuality, <laughs> and unfortunately got shame for it. So you shut it down. Now it wants to come back.
1: Yeah, it's like so. It's so true. It can be so simple. It's like I overcomplicate it. And that's something I really want to leave behind.
0: Well, if you start following your desire Mm -hmm. and your pleasure and your impulses, and you trust that grown-up part of you that pays your bills and gets yourself places on time to do a little risk assessment, you know, like, I want to be wild and free, but I'm not going to, like, jump out of an airplane without a parachute, yeah, You'd be like, "Oh, spirit will catch me," you know. Like, <laughs> I, we, there's still that part of us that yeah. that has discernment and wisdom. You can trust mm-hmm. that part of it, mm-hmm. but don't let it lead.
1: Right. You know, mm-hmm.
0: it's like it's like um, imagine a horseback rider, like the wild horse. The rider's there with the reins mm-hmm. to to make sure the horse doesn't run off a cliff or go the wrong direction or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the horse is free. Mm-hmm. So let that part of you lead. Okay. So now when you think back on that event, mm-hmm. which in the past made you cry and kind of made you crouch down and feel very secretive, mm-hmm. how does it feel?
1: Lighter. Yeah. hmm Less serious. Definitely.
0: Yeah. 14 years old, I got caught making out with a boy on a bus because <laughs> I, was, I was horny and so was he, but we lived <laughs> in a sexually repressed small town and I got humiliated.
1: Yeah. It feels a lot better. Like, carry around this heaviness forever. And it doesn't have to be so heavy. No. No. hmm Not at all. I like it. So, who are you? I am light. Mm-hmm. I am free. Getting free. Becoming mm-hmm. free. No, I'm free. Okay. <laughs> I'm free. Mm-hmm. I'm vibrant. Yeah. I am... Energetic. I am. I don't know why I want to say this, but I'm like tall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm
0: desirable.
1: Ooh, that's a hard one. Say it. I'm desirable. I'm Mm -hmm. lovable.
0: Yeah, because the other thing about this fourteen-year-old experience is you have yourself as a woman more in like prey role. Prey. He was the predator. Versus, he desired you because you're desirable. That's
1: true. Mm-hmm. And it's like, on one hand, present day, mm-hmm. I know I'm desirable, but it's like, it's like I don't want to. And it makes total sense, but like I don't want to let that part of me out. And it's like even though in my head I can know like I am desirable, it's like that next step of like the action and like the feeling, the, com- the com- like feeling comfortable in that.
0: I think the more you work with what we talked about and the more you reframe how you hold it inside yeah. and the more you kind of go, wait a second, like my desires don't really lead to shame.
1: not mm-hmm. have to lead
0: to me being shame. That's just other people's issues. My desires don't lead me down a road that
1: mm-hmm. is
0: bad. Like that whole experience up until now has motivated you to do personal growth, become a therapist, have compassion for other people. Mm-hmm. So it's been valuable in the way you've held it so far, right? But it's reached its expiration date mm-hmm. in holding it that way, right? And so now your life is really about more enjoyment. Mm-hmm. You found your purpose. You found your mission. You've had your hero's journey in terms of dealing with your own suffering. Mm-hmm. You can have so mm-hmm. much compassion for people that are dealing with shame, mm-hmm. but you don't need to keep holding on to it to relate to others
1: yeah Mhm. okay
0: that's true so I think a lot of this just comes from the enjoyment of being in your own skin
1: yeah and it feels very foreign sometimes so that's something I want to embrace again
0: it will feel less foreign the less you judge it and the less mm-hmm. there's that self-consciousness there
1: so how do I respond to that um, when the self-consciousness
0: comes in, when the mind comes in, you go back into how you're feeling.
1: So let's mm-hmm. say,
0: what's something that, that is pleasurable to you, that you enjoy doing?
1: Playing music. Okay, playing music.
0: So if you're playing music and the mind comes in, you what do you sing? Do you?
1: I have a guitar. You have a guitar. Okay. <laughs> you,
0: you feel the guitar on your lap. Mm-hmm. You look at yourself in the mirror holding the guitar and be like, damn it. No? Like you just use, you break those patterns yeah. and you focus more on the feeling mm-hmm. in the words of affirmation. Okay. The more you're in the present moment mm-hmm. and in the enjoyment and in the pleasure, yeah. the less you'll be outside of your body being self conscious.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
0: So anytime there's self consciousness, it's just feedback for you that you jumped out of the present moment, you jumped out of your enjoyment, mm-hmm. and you become the witness because mm-hmm. you think witnessing yourself and keeping yourself on high alert is how you keep yourself safe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: How you keep yourself safe is you listen within. Mm-hmm. And you trust your desires and you trust your impulses.
1: hmm I'll remember that. I listened to my desire to come here. <laughs> How'd it go? Good. Yeah. Yeah. See?
0: See? keep listening. Mm -hmm. You listen to the desire, right? Mm -hmm. And then your head probably got in alignment. Oh, good. Yeah, this is good. There's Mm -hmm. a parachute when we jump out of that plane. Mm -hmm. Like risky, vulnerable. But but that's the other thing. You knew that the risk of coming, of putting yourself out there publicly, Mm -hmm. it was worth the, we'll call it reward or whatever, Mm -hmm. of maybe getting clarity and maybe getting a new perspective.
1: And that's – talk about a reframe. So, and
0: that, and like, I'm not like making up this reframe mm-hmm. just to make you feel good. No, I actually no. think I'm seeing it with more truth than you've been seeing it.
1: Yeah. I want to th- like keep thinking about that and consider that because I think in the moment when you were saying it and like I really felt it, I'm like, yeah, she's right. Like, this is really not that serious. It's really not. Trust that feeling. Yeah. Because that's
0: the thing about truth. Even if it's the first time we're hearing it, mm-hmm. when it's true, mm-hmm. it resonates. Right. As if we've known it forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you just get to live your free, desirable, sexy woman in touch with her desires and her bodies <laughs> and her feeling life. Know that you've got the head when you need it to keep mm-hmm. you from jumping out of a plane without a parachute.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you want to be seen, you got to stop playing it safe. Mm-hmm. If you want to free yourself from the depression, you've got to stop suppressing.
1: Yeah. I'm working on it.
0: Yeah. One moment, one breath, one feeling, one pleasurable moment at a time. Mm hmm. And have more fun with it.
1: Mm hmm. Just more fun in general. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will. Love-
0: Oh, I want to thank Sam so much for her courage and her vulnerability. I love that coaching session. I loved all the different directions it went. And I love that we were able to talk about something that not enough people talk about, which is sexuality and our freedom to... Really respond to our desires and respond to our impulses. So, a lot to break down in this episode. Uh, first of all, I love that Sam is a therapist and was willing to come and be vulnerable and be on the show because I think that so many of us that are in the profession of helping others, we're often trying to help ourselves through other people. And so, that's why it's so important for all coaches, all therapists, anyone in the helping profession to make sure that you're, you have your own coaches and your own therapists. I'm very open about the fact that I have a coach. I have two coaches right now, actually. I've always had one because I know that there's always learning and growth. And I don't come at it from the perspective of, oh, my gosh, there's so much more I need to fix. But I know that I have my own blind spots. And I constantly want someone else's perspective to help me shift to that next level, to help me get deeper in my own growth and to help me step more into my gifts and more into my service. And that's how I feel uh, Sam really showed up, is really, really open. She had a beginner's mindset, which for anybody that is in any kind of personal development field, it's so important to come into a situation like this, not thinking you know everything, (laughs) because then you're really open to a new perspective and new things that can come in. So let's break down this episode a bit. The presenting problem was that Sam didn't feel like she was comfortable being seen. She didn't feel comfortable in her skin. And she really wanted to feel seen. She wanted to feel expressed. She didn't want to feel so suppressed, which was leading to depression. And the specific example she used was with her health and that she'd make progress, but then she'd sabotage herself. And when, and that's, that's an issue for so many people. I know so many people watching or listening. You battle with health things, you battle with body image things and you make progress, but then you sabotage yourself. And usually that's just feedback that you're not kind of getting to the core issue. And the core issue here for her is that she had this wild, free part of her that was in touch with her desires and in touch with what she wanted. And at a very young age, she made that wrong. And because of that, there's this like wild animal that she's trying to suppress. And so whenever she goes into any kind of restriction, any kind of management in terms of really taking care of herself and her health, that wild animal just reacts and rebels even more. So it's less about rigidity for her, right? It's less about like, oh, I need to meditate this way, I need to eat this way, I need to exercise this way, and that just actually leads to more suppression. The answer for her and the way out of the suppression and the depression, the way out of the fight she has with her body or health or whatever it is, is to let all the parts of her that she's denied, all the parts of her that she's repressed, really run free. So I asked her if there was a significant life event that correlated at all to how she was feeling now, this feeling of suppression. And the memory that came up was the 14-year-old truth or dare moment. But even before that, she could remember growing up in a household where she felt criticized, where she felt like she couldn't be free. So I feel like by 14, she had a lot of buildup. There was a lot of pressure cooking up of all the time she had to be good and hold it together and ignore her desires and fit in. And then this truth or dare moment came along. And it was this opportunity to let go of all that. And when we first started talking about her, I asked – when we first started talking about it, I asked in that moment before I knew what the truth or dare situation was, I asked, did you feel wild and free? And she said no, but something in me made me want to keep going back to that because I felt like even though she was saying she didn't, there really was kind of a little part of her that did feel free and then when we circled back to the event, and I'm so grateful that she was willing to share what specifically happened, we were able to see that actually there was a part of her that did want what happened to happen. Of course, not in the context it happened in. Of course, not in the way where she felt shamed or embarrassed or like she did anything wrong. But in our reframe, we were able to see she was a healthy 14-year-old girl with hormones. And that's when our sexuality really starts to rev up. And instead of denying that, there was a part of her that listened to her desires, acted on them, maybe even felt a little good. But because she lived in a repressed, shut down, small town, and she was witnessed and shamed, she immediately made all that wrong. So in that moment, not only did she make the decision that when I take a risk for what I want, it's scary and it's dangerous, Dangerous. She also made her own sexual impulses, her own sexual desires wrong. Because if we went back in time again to that 14-year-old girl, her mind might have been going, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. But her body and her hormones might have been going, ooh, I'm really curious. Ooh, this feels kind of good. Ooh, I kind of like this, but it's wrong. This was a really confusing time. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that with your own sexuality. There were probably things you did where you were just feeling good. You were acting on an impulse. You were following a sexual desire. And you got caught or you got shamed or someone told you it was wrong. And from that moment on, you've been repressing your desires. You've been repressing your sexual energy and you've been repressing a big part of yourself. So if you're feeling a little depressed, if you're feeling a little suppressed, if you're feeling a little creatively stifled, you may want to look at where you've shamed yourself specifically around your desires. So the work I did with Sam was really helping her Reframe this again, not just finding the blessing, not just finding the silver lining, because I think how she was trying to reframe it is, well, that difficult experience made me stronger and that difficult experience enabled me to help other people. And that was a good reframe. That was a good lesson. And it has led her to do a career that she loves helping other people. But that particular reframe wasn't really helping her feel free, right? She was still suppressed. So we had to go back and really look for the truth. So, I really feel like the reframe we got to wasn't just a reframe. It was actually a more accurate look at what actually happened so she could get to the truth. Because when we got to the truth, which was you were following impulse, you were following desire, there was nothing wrong about it, you just ended up getting shamed, all of a sudden she felt a sense of lightness and she felt a sense of, wow, yeah, like, there was a part of me that was free and was just following an impulse and, 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 wow, like maybe I was just this 14-year-old that was in touch with my desires. That 14-year-old that I've judged as pathetic and, and hurt and preyed upon, maybe she was actually really strong and really powerful and she had it going on. And that reframe of that 14-year-old gave her a lot of lightness and a lot of freedom. And I think we'll do wonders for that inner 14-year-old because she's that inner 14-year-old has been walking around thinking that she played this truth or dare game and she made a bad decision and she was stupid because she did something for a boy versus she is a pretty hot little 14-year-old who really knew what she wanted. And you can just feel the difference in that. So I encourage you, and this could lead me into the takeaways, I encourage you to look back on how you're holding certain memories. If you're continuing to hold certain memories as a victim You're going to continue to feel like a victim. And this was continuing to show up in her life. We talked a little bit after we finished recording, and she was saying how when she goes out, she does get attention from men, but she doesn't like it, right? And part of that relates to something I said to her in the actual coaching episode where with that boy, she was more more prey and he was more predator, right? That she felt kind of victimized in that experience. Even if that isn't what actually happened, that's how she was holding it inside, So anytime she receives any kind of desire from men, because going back to that 14-year-old, that 14-year-old boy was showing desire for her, it triggers that event. She holds it as, ooh, I'm prey. This is wrong. I'm a victim. And she wants to push that energy away. So my coaching to her about that was really like, know that you're safe in your own body, that you can choose who you let in, who you don't, and that attention is not bad, that just because someone desires you, that doesn't make them a predator, and that doesn't make you pray. It just makes you desirable. So imagine walking through your life feeling, yeah, I'm desirable. I'm safe in my body. I choose who I share intimacy with. I, I, I choose who I let into my my body, my space, whatever, but I'm not prey. I'm desirable. It's a whole different way to walk through the world. Second takeaway for you, if you're feeling suppressed in any way, I really encourage you to look at where you might've shut down your sexual energy and your desires, and how you can reawaken that through things like tantra, dancing, even creative things like music, art, writing, anything to get that energy moving again. Next, when you're thinking about things that you want to do and that fear of being seen comes up, I really want you to write out, actually physically write out, what's the worst thing people could say or think about you? Like A lot of times we have these fears of what people could say or think, and we don't even know what we're scared of. (laughs) So, like, write it down. What will people say? What will people think? And look at it and go, hmm, is the risk of them saying that or thinking that more or less than me missing out on something I really want to do? And I bet you'll see that when it comes to something you really desire, there's nothing anybody could say or do that would make you desire it less. So go for what you truly desire. Be more afraid of missing out on the things that you want to experience in your life than you are of what other people may think of them. And finally, look at the positive projections in your life. Sam talked about how her sister would say something that I said in the podcast. I can't remember what I said. But she talked about how her sister is more free, more wild, more expressed. And she said, we're so different. And I said, well, maybe you're not. Because I think she was seeing her sister as a positive projection. Anything we see in someone else are often those unexpressed qualities we have inside ourselves. So this wild and free nature in her sister, which she liked and which she aspired to, which she judges, oh, that's not me, actually is her. It's just a part of her that isn't expressed. So for anyone that you admire, anyone that you're even a little jealous of, anyone that you compare yourself to, remember you spot it, you got it. It's just an unexpressed quality in you. So that's our episode for today. You can watch more video episodes on this channel or listen to hundreds of live life coaching sessions on iTunes. Just look up my podcast, Over It and On With It. Until next time, much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode.